All right, we're back on the St. Paul Filmcast, and once again, um, coming back um, to um, coming back a previous guest. Uh, he had his own podcast, the James Batman versus James Bond podcast. He's going to have some new stuff coming out soon. Um, we always welcome back the one and only Brian Thomas. Hello, Brian. Hey, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good, good, good. We're going to talk, of course, our favorite subject, Batman. But I also want to mention um, you do cosplay as well. You have a couple of Batman suits as well. Yes, yes. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh. Um, and congrats on your comic book, and I can't wait to see what's that next. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, thank you, yeah. yeah. I get you a quick plug in there. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, yes, I do cosplay the Dark Knight. Um, we're talking Christopher Nolan Dark Knight. Um, I've been through a couple suits recently. Uh, make a long story short, the dad bod... Um, it's a pain, you know, and uh, some yeah. things you just outgrow and you don't intend to and uh, just happens. Um, luckily for me, though, um, the Green Arrow suit still fits. And so does the Lego Batman mask. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you, have, you also do the Green Arrow and uh, and the Lego Batman. Yes, yes. Um, right. I also want to bring out, if I got to plug, I was, I guess, on the Be, Your, Be Our Geek podcast. So if you're interested in looking, that is also on, on iTunes, um, the BR Geek. I was a geek. I was the guest, and I talked about our show, the St. Paul Filmcast, and the book. So if anybody's interested, uh, check out that uh, great podcast as well. All right, Brian, 30 years ago, the 1989 Batman movie came out. Um, it was May of 1989. Mm-hmm. It was to celebrate – I don't know if people know this. It was actually to celebrate Batman turning 50. Batman turned 50 – um, in in May, he actually turns eighty in May of this year, so happy birthday to him! And I guess we should just we should just dedicate the episode to Batman, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that works for me. I mean, for eighty years old, you got to say that guy is aged phenomenally. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I know when I was, I know, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, but when I turned thirty five and I realized I'm now older than how they draw Bruce Wayne in the comic books, is like I was kind of a little deflated. <laughs> Well, all right, we'll just say that I'm maybe a year younger than you, and uh, I'll be turning 35 this year, as a matter of fact. So when I think that Batman 89 is 30 years old and, you know, all these other movies are whatever age, I'm like, times, you know, it, it, you can't beat the clock, you know, as they say. But, hey, you know, Batman's always going to be there. Right, yes, yes. Um, so, yes, it came out in 89 to kind of commemorate the 50th anniversary. Um, there was a huge push before this movie came out a lot of advertising even before so like in april in march there was a huge campaign of advertising commercials to pump up and there was an incredible amount of interest before even the movie came out um there was something kind of unusual but it's kind of expected nowadays would you kind of agree absolutely um like you said we were probably too young to remember this i mean i don't even i remember seeing commercials um especially the diet coke commercial with alfred in there um and and then you see the batmobile just it's it's just clips from the movie anyway um yeah this i i think this movie symbolizes what's what was to come with comic book future comic book movies and fan outrage um you know, people losing their mind over casting choices and not being open to certain people, be, you know, right. and realizing there are different interpretations of characters. So, well, yeah, and I was a huge comic book fan. And then the first time you show a commercial and he's wearing all black, I was just shocked. 
I was completely mm-hmm. I was like, what? Are you? Oh, my God. He's, he's in black. And then my dad was like, well, that's what it is, is right? We're, you're so used to the baby blue and gray, and here it comes all in black suit. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was frightened at first. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Did you see the original Batman film with Adam West in it? Uh, yes, prior to the 89 movie, yeah. Oh, you did, actually. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't see it up until about maybe two years ago. So <laughs> it's always been um, – Michael Keaton as my Batman. He still is my Batman. Anyway, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but no. Well, that's a great um, comparison because a lot of people were introduced Batman who just casual fans were used to the show and used to how the banter is, and then a complete shock of how it's going to be presented in this '89 movie of being dark, dreary, very very gothic. It's it upsets some people. Like, what are you doing? And I think it's. People don't realize that's the origin of Batman. It's very dark. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just the tone. I mean, I'm trying to think of movies that came before this, and the only one that comes to mind is uh, Superman. And that's a comic book fluff film, and it's just very – it doesn't take itself seriously. And it's something that I I feel like I could take my kids to. You know, it just – I think it was just one of those kind of family films. Batman 89 is anything but a family film unless you're film uh, unless you're the Osbournes maybe you know I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you usually I was like 12 years old when it came out it was very shocking to see this. Uh, and it was a huge push of merchandising even before you get to see it. Um, it was hard to get a ticket initially in my area of when it came out because it was everything was sold out and this is the time before you could pre-order tickets and everything. So a lot, mm-hmm. you're waiting in the theater to see this in the first weekend. And, you know, I would wait in the mall, like, all right, the 505 showing, can I get a ticket then? And then you got to wait three hours at the mall before you see the movie, and then you, you sit in the way in the back and you're watching it. Yep. And um, even to, to see repeatedly would have be, been tough. But everybody who was anybody knew this movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- like you said, the marketing push, I don't remember when it actually hit theaters. I think I was, and if um, the younger audience out there remembers VHS or knows what VHS is, that's probably the how I first watched it. So, yeah. But, uh, um, let's talk yeah. about a little bit of uh, choices. Uh, Warner Brothers wanted to do this whole 50th anniversary, to kick it off, um, and they went with Tim Burton as a director. Um Overall, what do you think of Tim Burton? What's your opinion on Tim Burton? As just a just a fan, as a casual fan, not really tied down. Do, what do you would you regard Tim Burton as? Um, he definitely is, I guess, one of the godfathers of like comic book movies, if you will. Yeah. Um, he, like I said, he set a tone for the Batman movies of the future, even up to right now, going all the way. Well. I don't know if Justice League would be the one I would say, but I would say I, I, I would say Batman v Superman at the very least. Anyway, you can even see signs of callback to that. But um, the Tim Burton films that I always knew were Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice and Batman and Batman Returns. And I'm you know as of up to date, I really can't think of like any Tim Burton fans that I've really been a big fan of. He has just that certain vision and you can tell usually that it's a tim burton film and that's not a bad thing it's just that that's the way he does things and you have to be you know ready for what's to come and it's not going to be usually a happy-go-lucky film um you know like i said it's just it i guess it's a certain taste but you know 80 batman 89 was just for it, it felt like it was more commercialized yes yeah and and tim burton is very much a creative artistic very avant-garde 
person, but he's not afraid to go commercial, not afraid to listen to producers and not to overall accommodate everybody as a, as a filmmaker, even though he does get has his own dis- distinct style. Yeah. Um, this is really weird. Tim Burton actually confessed after making a movie. He never read comic books as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, what I'm doing is waving my hand up in the air right now. I mean, well, I read some comic books, but I, you know, I'm, I, I never read really comic books, you know, aside from some X-Men um, when I was younger or some Spider-Man, but that's about it. And um, so I, you know, like I said, Batman 89 is my interpretation of what I you know, always pictured Batman as. You know, when I heard about Adam West or, you know, even when I saw Val Kilmer, George Clooney, it's always that comparison's always been there. That's like the groundwork for me anyway. Yes. Um, and Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers provided uh, books to get inspiration. They wanted the, a dark. They encouraged it almost. And with Tim Burton and um, to have a dark theme to this. And Tim Burton said the inspiration for the movie was the the comic book, The Dark Knight Returns, which is a little bit like Dark Knight Rises of, you know, coming out of retirement and being the badass one more time. And The Killing Joke were very, very disturbing, very graphic, violent books. And you're going to put it into a movie and... You know, if you're an adult and you're only used to the see Batman in the '60s, to understand what the change is, I'm sure it would have been kind of a shock to you what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it, like I said, very, very dark movie. This is. Uh, it, it, have you seen the Killing Joke, the the movie, the animated? Uh, not a fan of it. I did see it. Um, okay. It it's hard. If you want the Killing Joke movie, is hard because. They knew they didn't have enough material to make a full feature film, so they incorporated this um, Batman Batgirl story into it that didn't yeah. really jive. It it looked like it displaced it in there, and then they put a uh, a loving relationship in with Batman and Batgirl. It just didn't work, and nobody, everybody, sounds like me, don't like the it didn't part of it uh, of the canon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Killing Joke just didn't work for me as a film. Yeah, the um the second half of it definitely, you know, um, and when I watched that, I was like, this is definitely where Burton got his inspiration from. You can definitely see the origins of the Joker, and I guess I, I want to throw this out there is that um, I almost feel like Batman is, or Tim Burton's Batman eighty nine is more of a Joker origin story than it is a Batman. Well, I thanks mean, for yes, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, Jack Nicholson is the. I mean, well. You know, let's give credit where credit is due. Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson. He is an A-lister. Um, yeah. He will go down as one of the best actors, I believe, of all time. But um, he is not playing Batman, but his name is before Batman, Michael Keaton. Right. And I, I always find that interesting when I watch the the intro credits to that. I'm like, yeah. And then whenever I go back and watch it, I'm like, this is all about the Joker. This is, you know, this is telling his backstory. I mean, not like from when he was a little kid, but from when he was younger. And spoiler, of course, he, everybody knows by now that he, in this movie, you know, um, he kills uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. And that's just like the start of it. It's just it's like the snowball effect. So I, I've always thought about, why don't we just call this Joker? You know, because even though we're getting a Joker movie at the end of the year. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like so to talk to you about a little. Yeah, about that one a little bit later on too. Um, yeah, so Warner Brothers actually lobbied very hard to get Jack Nicholson to do this. Um, pretty much, Jack Nicholson wanted the whole moon, and Warner Brothers wanted to provide everything. I mean, he's like, I, I want this, this, and this, and this. 
and Warner Brothers continually said yes the whole time to an astronomical amount of money at the time, which I think was over twenty million dollars to do this movie. Well, nowadays it's not not what well, I would think it would be equivalent of paying an actor almost sixty million to be in a movie. So, Warner Brothers lobbied hard, um, uh, even so much to encourage to Robert Williams to say it. They were like, we're testing Robert Williams. They had there's some scenes of it, but it was completely a ploy for Warner Brothers for Jack Nicholson to say yes to this. So mm-hmm. Robert Williams was getting played. Um and actually when he found out that he the whole point of it was to persuade Jack Nicholson to take the movie and he was not gonna ever get the part, um Robert Williams refused to work for Warner Brothers for for the rest of his life. Really, I did not know that. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and considering he was, con- they would talked about him bringing him back as like a, a Riddler or something, you know, um, almost like a consolation. Fact- <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, we can't give you the Joker, but we'll give you the Riddler. The other stipulation Jack Nicholson encouraged was um, his party buddy, um, whose name is Bob, who's actually in the movie. <laughs> so. So the guy that the Joker's right hand man, his name is Bob, was actually Jack Nicholson's party guy at the time. No and kidding. It, 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 what, yes, it was one of his stipulations. Like, I'll do the movie if you let my friend be in the movie too. Oh, what was the actor's name? Come on, I, I should know this. Um, he's been he, he's he's been around for quite a long time, and he always just kind of like pops up out of nowhere. But um, then Tracy Walter, there we go, Tracy Walter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Bob and you are my number one. And I'm sorry. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Is Jack Nicholson even acting in this movie or just is just being himself and having fun? Right before I um, I came online with you, I was watching clips. I'm like, this is Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. And if, (laughs) by the way, if you ever, I I know I'm sorry for the listening audience that I jump around, but um, if you ever want to see a sequel to The Joker uncut with Jack Nicholson, go watch The Departed. He's wearing purple in there too. It, it's you know right. it's an amazing. I also, would, I yeah, it's almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. But he's a mob boss. But it, you know, actually, kind of the same idea in a way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jack Nicholson. You know, this is his movie. And you know, um, the, the the girl in there is like, "You look fine." I didn't ask. That's yeah. Jack saying that. That's so Jack saying that. Just give him sunglasses and his front row seats to the Lakers. That's yeah, that's, but, that's but, Jack. I can't remember her name, but that was Mick Jagger's girlfriend at the time. Uh, really. Okay. Uh, Jerry Hall. All right. That was the yeah. supermodel Jerry Hall. Yeah, that was, I didn't ask. That was, that was Mick Jagger's girlfriend. Um, nice. That's the other thing. Is it has a great supporting cast. You have the old um, – Tim Burton likes to bring old actors into these movies. He did it with Edward Cezanne, with uh, Vincent Price. And here he brings an old legend, which is Jack Palance. Jack Palance was – yes. Yes. yes, yes. And, of course, it works because who's going to boss around Jack Nicholson other than somebody – Tougher to Jack, which would be Jack Palance. <laughs> and don't forget your lucky deck. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do you remember uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not when he was the host? Jack Palance? Yeah. yeah. No way. No, no, no. I did not know that. No. Was, I remember Cops and Robertsons. I mean, that's like one of the last sure, movies. Fred, I think one of the last were... movies. Um, people my age, probably in the early 40s, remember him on the TV show Ripley's Believe It or Not. And he would sell right. it in that scary voice of... You know, this man lives with snakes in a pit. Could you believe it or not? You know, he would. Yeah. Yeah. He loved it. A later part of his life, he loved it because he got to travel, which he never really get to do. He, a lot of the movies he did were in studio. And so and he, he was always fascinated with all these stories and stuff like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
True story, um, Jack, Jack Palance's face was plastic surgery. He got burned during World War II. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, that's whole reconstruction surgery of his face for it um, in, during World War II. Well, he's still very tough and uh, very scary dude, you know, especially during this movie anyway to me. So I wouldn't be going after his girlfriend, but I mean, hey, you know, that's that's Jack for you. A little side note about Jack Palance is his daughter is the one that hangs herself, the babysitter that hangs herself in the movie The Omen. If you ever get a chance, the original Omen, if you ever get a chance to see that. That's a little movie trivia for you. Um, okay. In the movie, the original movie, The Omen, the babysitter screams at the birthday party. This is for you, Damien, and she hangs herself in front of the building. That's Jack Palance's real daughter. She got the part. Wow. Okay. <laughs> trivia there. And you, well, I know this isn't really trivia, but you know who else is in this movie. Speaking of great supporting cast, um, Lando. Yes, Billy D. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. Um, it surprises me time i watch this movie i'm like oh yeah billy d williams is harvey dent i mean <laughs> yes. what could have been two-face in the next sequel but we never got you are yeah well they were actually during the whole um beginning of the drafts we're talking about this actually in this batman 89 movie will be the origin of harvey dent as well and that was cut mm-hmm. and there was an idea to put it into um the sequel and then I think something happened with Billy D. Williams not being a part of it, or they're not going to hire him. And then they never came back until they made the third movie, the idea of, of Two Face. But he was always in the back of mind of when creating these movies, right? And said he did, went on to do Cold Forty Five commercials. <laughs> Don't spit up your soda. <laughs> no, yes, there are some classic Cold Forty Five. Yes, yeah, go back I, on YouTube. Yeah, but you Billy looking? D. Williams is—he's he, so smooth. I mean, you know, just in this movie, he's Billy D. Williams playing Harvey Dent. You know? Oh yeah, he just—he just looks like a lawyer. Yes, he does. Yeah, he just looks like we're, a lawyer. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking forward to the new Star Wars with him in it? Ah, uh, I have my mixed feelings about Star Wars right now. Um, I'm happy that he's back um you know i don't know how much he's really going to contribute to it but it's always nice to see somebody back um you know i i liked seeing harrison ford back i liked seeing all the the original um three the big three so um it's nice to see him in there too so yeah yeah oh and he was actually no i he was he did come back as two-face in the lego batman movie he did the voice to two-face oh that's right yes thank you for mentioning that yes i remember yeah. yeah So. That did make me happy. <laughs> so uh, rounding out, uh, Burton hired um, Kim Basinger. Now, this is oh. after um, Sean Young actually got the part. And um, before the year started filming, she got sick. She got, like, pneumonia or some kind of, you know, flu or whatever. So um, they went with Kim Basinger. Actually, Michelle Pfeiffer auditioned for this role of Vicky Vale, but they were later on used her as Catwoman. Um, Michael Keaton was kind of weary about using Michelle Pfeiffer because they actually were dating at the time. So he actually said, I don't feel comfortable having her in the movie. So they went with Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Confession. Um, she was my childhood crush when I was growing up. Um, I had the collector's Batman 89 um, trading cards. And, you know, oh, there was yes, one of Kim Basinger. Oh, yes, I remember yes. And you, sometimes I... they would come with gum or they would come with all kinds of little knickknacks and such. And, yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I don't know what I ever did with that car. But, um, yes, I can go back and say this was, yeah, she helped me get through puberty almost, it feels like, you know. <laughs> 
No, this is true. This is uh, Vicky Vale character is in the uh, DC Comics prior to the movie. A lot of the other characters are created just for the movie, but she is actually one that's presented that's in the uh, comic books. And during the late '80s, Bruce Wayne was dating Vicky Vale, the photojournalist that almost comes upon knowing his secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the mm-hmm. movie, they just kind of just ah, the heck with it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, there's one guy I know that we can't forget about. um, Well, let me go with this, uh, Kim Basinger. She was, she did, she's an excellent actress and Academy Award winner and she well-deserved. But um, she played the damsel in distress so well in this. I mean, I know that there's, there's been dozens of damsels in distress, but it's just something about her scream and just how her interactions when he's in the bat suit and just, it, it just works so well. Yes, and um, I wouldn't say she's so much like constantly in distress, but obviously she needs assistance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That works. Yeah. yeah, and her and Jack Nicholson's all, all of the um, scenes that they had together were so great. Yeah, they were. They were uh, especially even affected the quiet moments of the dinner scene, which uh, obviously is Tim Burton. And um, I think somebody mentioned, my co-host uh, Dan mentioned how it, it um, he wanted to present Bruce Willis, not just rich, like almost vulgar, vulgar rich, like disgustingly mm-hmm. rich. It looks <laughs> yeah. just repulsive just to be that rich. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. pulls off very well. Right. Yeah. Um, really does. Yeah. Michael Keaton is um, that, that the, like you said, this, the dinner scene with the soup and <laughs> he's just playing like, um, yeah, here, I'll pass the salt, but I have to come all the way down the table with it. But he's very, you know, very casual about it. You know, he doesn't take everything for granted in a way, I guess. <laughs> no. um, Tim, Bur- uh, Tim Burton already used Michael Keaton. Um, I don't think Michael Keaton auditioned. I think Tim Burton wanted to, to do it. Um, and Michael Keaton, not related to Diane Keaton, if anybody's curious. There are no relation. I think it's actually a stage name. I can't remember what his real name is. Um, I don't know. Batman? I, there you go. Um, if you know, he started his career working on the Mr. Rogers show. Really? Yeah, he worked as mm. a, he worked at well, I think he was doing um, film production in college, and for internship worked on the Mister Rogers Show before he got famous. Wow! Yeah, interesting. And, cool. Uh, another. He also did another movie in 1989, uh, The Dream Team. If you could remember this, remember it's a bunch of people mm-hmm. that are in a sane asylum that get a field trip to go to the Yankees game, and on the way, the person. Uh, conducting the field trip has a heart attack so the loony bins which the leader is michael keaton run around new york city and cause havoc if you can remember the movie <laughs> starring uh christopher no. lloyd if you know oh you know i never i've heard of it but i have never watched that but i will add that to my list of multiple movies i still have to go back and watch uh Mr. Mom, I think, is in Beetlejuice or what he was probably best known for at that time, right? So uh, yeah. I don't know when Mr. Mom came out, but it was had up in the eighties, I think. Yeah, it, it was prior to the eighty nine movie, and that's pri- primarily what people were know know him about, right? The comedy, right? right. Mm-hmm. And it, that was very upsetting to a lot of people. Like, why are you doing this superhero guy, this muscular guy that people are used to? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, these muscle heads of doing these movies, and that they thought that would be the logical choice to have somebody who is just no nonsense and just be a muscle guy. And then we're going to hire Michael, Michael Keaton, which I think everybody is taller than Michael Keaton, <laughs> right? He's like a five foot ten. I yeah. think he's – is he the smallest Batman or the actor to portray Batman? I believe he is. I, I know Bale's yeah. taller, I think. So, yeah. And we know Ben Affleck. He's like 
seven foot whatever. And, right. You know, yes. So, so that yeah. was the initial shock: is why aren't you hardly these musclehead to do? Especially in the eighties, where we're all used to steroid raging action right. heroes. Yeah. Even Bruce Willis would have made like more of an obvious choice. You could have put more of a wig on him, and he would have been like more of an obvious choice for you know Bruce Wayne or Batman. <laughs> you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about it because it's one of the most appealing aspects of the movie is the car. The car. The Batmobile. Oh, the chicks dig the car, right? You know that car. Oh, you have a excellent. You have. You have <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had to. You know, I. Yeah, it's um one of those things that. Yeah, I'm trying to relive my childhood. Sometimes it means not just dra- dressing up as Batman, but recollecting Batman toys as I you know go through you know stores and such. So, but you know, it's um, what I'm into. The, during the '89, the making of the '89 movie, they wanted to maintain the fire coming out of the back. Um, which is a nice thing. It's nice. It's always kept up in the movies. I think every movie s- still has the fireball and the engine in the back, right? Um, um, yes, yes. I, I, I believe that um, Batman v Superman Justice League one did also, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, that car is – that might be still be my favorite Batmobile, I think. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, it just you see that car, and it just when it's you know the first time you see the car, it's just like doing like this little mini chase through Gotham City. Yeah. But when it's going through Access Chemicals, you see the machine guns, and yes, Batman has guns. Yes, he's killing people in this movie, but somehow people overlook that when they watch other Batman movies. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, that car can do quite a lot. It has mines that can just blow up Access Chemicals, and it's it's and he can it self drives, which is kind of like a Knight Rider kind of thing for me, too. So, yeah. Uh, the interesting aspect of it is, um, well, well, I was going to ask you before this, but do you think you could parallel park it? No. <laughs> oh, it, you know, it, maybe OnStar, if you remember the OnStar commercials, then maybe, they, maybe OnStar could have helped me with, you know, because the, the, the uh, updated Burton Batmobile did have that on there. Um, I would not want to parallel park this thing. No, I wouldn't even want to put this in reverse. I don't, you know, that you just do, do a J-turn. You know, and um, uh, I was going to I don't want to deflate your puddle, uh, deflate your bubble. But apparently this car's top speed was only 40 miles per hour. Um, OK, it, it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. You know, <laughs> I know it doesn't I, matter. It like a Corvette chassis or something like that or it did, frame. It did. It's just um, yeah. and to make it look like it's, it actually speed up the film. If you notice when the car's riding mm-hmm. through and all the stuff, they actually speed up the film to make it look faster. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's it, okay. That's it, okay. It's, it's, still, it's still my car. It's yeah. still one of those movie magic things that just makes it more interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it was and shields. Well, when he put up the shield for that, I mean, I know that at the time, like uh, visual effects were you know not used too much, but still they made that work. I mean, it obviously was improved um, with CGI and Batman Returns, but still, you know, with what you know movies were at that time, I, th- I think they made that work. Um, another aspect is all his wonderful toys. One of a great line in the movies. Um, obviously has probably as many gadgets as James Bond does. Um, what do you think of the gadgets? Uh, the Batarang, the um, grapnel gun. Um, yeah, he had a whole bunch of different ones. I'm trying to think of one that really like stuck out for me. Um, I guess the, gra- the, the grapnel gun. I mean, that's just you know classic Bat- Michael Keaton Batman right there. It is a classical Batman scene in the art gallery, you know, when Vicky Vale's under attack and 
the Joker's on her. And, of course, it's the greatest entrance. Batman always does it in the comics. He always has the great entrance. Um, mm-hmm. Crashes through the ceiling and interrupts and then points that thing right at Jack Nicholson. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill him. I think that's yeah. a gun. And then everybody, I think everybody <laughs> thought it was a gun. And then he raised and like, what the heck is going on? Exactly. Yeah. It um yeah, that you just and it's a huge ass gun. It really <laughs> is. And every time I see it, I'm like, man, he's aiming that thing at him. It's gonna like blow his head off. I was like, you know, I know what's gonna happen, but it goes to the side and just it, it works so well. And the, that I think defines superhero landing. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and yeah, and of course, um every summer blockbuster movie had needs a car chase and it fits very well for the whole car chase. Um I think it's a little homage like in Batman Begins of the Damsel Distress Take Her to the Bat Cave. They kind of do yeah. it again and kind of Batman Begins. Um mm-hmm. kind of repeats itself, but um what do you think of the Bat Cave? Um it it's uh it, it's a good bad Bat Cave. I mean, um it's it, I guess they could. They were. I don't know. It, it feels so huge, but and really, what it all it is is like this little office, but with this huge ass opening all over the place and just bats flying around. Right, I mean, right. I guess that's what everybody wants is a bat cave. I mean, to me, it's just like you know they they try to throw in as many huge ass TVs in there as they possibly could. Right. Um, it, it works. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'd be parking my Batmobile on the edge of a cliff or at the edge of like, you know, something like that, but Hey, you know, it works. What is and I, a very interesting part of the, uh, there's one really interesting scene in this movie is actually Michael Keaton sleeping like a bat. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, I thought he, he was, he sleeping doing exercise. I can't re- yeah. yeah, he was upside down. He has like one of those um, things that he can strap himself to a bar or whatever. Yeah, that was and Vicky Vale just like, huh? What's going on here? Right. Yeah, is it, yeah, it's weird, but it kind of works. I don't know. It's very. It's, I think it's never really been done before. We always picture him as just wearing a costume, but here, if you present him like he actually wants to borrow traits of a bat, and for all, even when he's not dressing up as Batman, it was mm-hmm. very. It's very eerie. It's very just very uncanny as seen it just gets you a little bit sometimes like wow that's not human at all no and why would you leave vicky bale in bed you know, seriously <laughs> dude <laughs> damn it <laughs> and why would you bring her in the back cave actually i'm sorry that's alfred's fault for bringing her in the back cave yeah um the another interesting little point if you didn't know um there's a sketch artist the ske- the, the guys are making fun of him here's batman and it's a batman in a three-piece pin suit oh, yeah Oh, I love that. Actually, if you remember that, that is actually Bob Kane's drawing, mm-hmm. his personal yep. drawing. So, yeah, um, very interesting footnote there that it's actually uh, his personal sketch of the uh, Batman. Yep, and I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this: um, Robert Wool as Alexander Knox. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, um, can this, I have a grant? Yeah, this was <laughs> original. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but the original skip uh, script. Knox was supposed to die. Yeah, that would have worked. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah he's a dick. During the whole parade. But Sorry. everybody, yeah. you know, Tim Burton and everybody liked his character and how he did with it. They're like, I don't think you would like to die, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just, I just I had to mention it. Yep. <laughs> um, let's go back with a little bit of the um, set direction. Um, this is actually filmed in studio. This is in studio lot. It's not on location. Do you know what studio it was, though? Uh, give it to me. Pinewood Studios. Where is that? It's the 007 soundstage. 
in, uh, I believe it is London. So they filmed it entirely in London? Uh, well, probably a majority of it, yes. Okay. And that's part of the reason, trivia here, License to Kill that came out the exact same year, almost on the same date as Batman, um, wasn't able to film because Warner Brothers was using it to film Batman there. So they couldn't, James Bond was kicked out of his own studio. Are you because kidding? Batman was, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to. I'll have to go back and find the uh, article for you or the, some of that uh, trivia, but it, yeah, I know I've read that multiple places. So, that is amazing yeah. that they actually yep. kicked off James Bond. Hold on a minute. We're making this big movie in here. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. That's kind of why, you know, James Bond looks like it's not as filmed as a, a higher budget movie compared to obviously Batman. Yeah. Well, I would like to point out, um, actually Batman begins the whole in the, in the narrows was actually in studio. Okay. It was an actually old, large, I think in London, a large, um, empty airplane hangar. And they got to, yeah. they cleaned that all out just for the, the, the narrow scene in Batman Begins. That's why they, you never see any sky during that oh. scene. So they thought about filmed, that. Yeah. They filmed all of it there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we, um, we talked a lot about the Batman 89 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last couple of minutes, I want to get to some, th- some Batman news that's coming up and share some of your ideas and process. Um, let's get out the old news first, the new Joker movie. I haven't been able to talk to you about it since all this stuff has been coming out. Um, I'd definitely like to hear what you have to think about the the Joker movie coming out in August. Right. Um, kind of like how I said before, when I originally heard about this, I'm like, well, they've had a Joker origin movie. It's called Batman 89. It stars right. Jack Nichols. Um, having said that, once I finally saw the trailer, as did it, along with everybody else, it changed my mind on this. Um, I, I say this all the time. I try to say this online. There are many different interpretations of comic book characters specifically. Um, you know, your Batman, for all I know, could be Ben Affleck's Batman. That could be your favorite Batman. Your favorite Joker could be Heath Ledger, which is actually mine. Um, But I still love Jack Nicholson. But there's all different ones. And Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Um, You know, I I love some of the movies he's been in. I don't love all of them, but I um, they definitely sold me in this trailer. It's not like one of those. The the thing with the comic book movie, and I'll try to get off my soapbox because I know we're short on time, is that when you think comic book movie, you think uh, big blockbuster CGI fest and right, full yeah. explosions, car chases, like you said. This is not that kind of a movie. This is a very dark, looks like more of a character um, study in a way. I could just, you watch a trailer and I could just smell the whiskey, cotton candy, and marble cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I, could just- I got a little excited about that, didn't I? <laughs> 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 it's every, yeah. everything about it is just unsettling it's just unhinged everything yeah. about it is just every, there's something always off a little bit about it yeah right um i'm definitely on board I, um yeah. i have one question do you think we're going to get an appearance of a batman in this movie you'll hear about him i know that thomas wayne is going to be in here he's actually played by the actor who was in the dark knight rises as the missing senator or the congressman the missing congressman in there okay so um, I don't remember his name off the top, but um, yeah, he's going to be in there. So Thomas Wayne or the Wayne family is definitely in there. So you might see like a glimpse maybe of Batman or something. But um, I'd think that they're making this as Joker's definitely older than young Bruce Wayne. 
I'm picturing like a late seventies kind of if you you know late seventies New York City movies and like you know, like Taxi Driver or Mean Street mm-hmm. something like that. It's very gritty, streety. Not so much a crime boss like the eighty nine movie, but kind of a blue collar criminal mm-hmm. who's just accumulating a grassroots campaign. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I've seen with the trailers right. and stuff. Yeah, I, I see a lot of the Killing Joke in this. I definitely got that vibe from it, and th- that makes me happy. Um, you know, just he was trying to be the comedian and then, you know, he just how he's laughing in the movie theater yeah. and, um, you know, how he's doing. He, he, he makes himself smile. I'm like, hmm. you know, I, I want I can't wait to see this. This is actually one of my top um, most anticipated movies of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely have the comical vibe. The guys who made the Hangover series is making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martin so- Scorsese's uh, producing it. And um Podcaster Mark Marin, he's in it. I don't know what he's going to be, but or who he's going to be, but he's probably supposed to be in it also. <laughs> probably a victim. He, he's filming a scene of Glow. I mean, you know, he's, I was also in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're definitely on board. I, I you know, yeah, that's ex- I'm all in. it's. I, when I heard they're just going to make a Joker movie, I was, I, I, I my automatic reflex is please don't. And now yeah. I see what the idea is. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's not going to be. Yep. It's not going to be flashy comic book. I don't think it's going to be a popcorn flick. I mean, that's going to be really okay. a character study kind of a movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I, you know. I'm. I'm trying to be optimistic about it, and I'm keeping my mind open about it. So. Yeah. Um. I have a question for you. Outside of if they continue with the theory of just having a movie of just Batman villains, what's another solo movie of a Batman villain would you like to see? Because obviously they did Catwoman and that failed. But if there's another Batman villain, doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. Yeah. But if there's another Batman villain that had a solo film, which is there one that you like to bring up the you'd like to see? Oh man. Um. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I don't want to see a Mr. Freeze movie. I don't want to see a Two-Face movie. Yeah. Even a Poison Ivy. I mean, they're, yeah, they're doing like the, um, God, was it the Rogue? Not Rogues. Um, Birds of Prey. That's, you know, they're doing that. Yes, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, the, as I mean, Margaret Robbie's in that. So that already you know, gets a, moves, bumps it up a little bit higher for me because I, I loved her as Harley Quinn. And I just think she's one of the better actresses out there. Even so, um, I can't really think of, I mean, Scarecrow could be interesting, but I don't even, uh, you know, maybe it, I don't think you could do much with him at all. The only one I think would be entertained that really hasn't been on film yet is Clayface. Okay. Yeah. Somebody gets this, this, disfigured that all he, he can't really be a person anymore that he's all mm-hmm. this molded stuff constantly and it's just a tragic story i think it would be interesting to see plus we I'll got the technology to show it yeah yeah I, I just thought of one and i'll throw this out there because um because i'm an arrow fan deathstroke you oh know, god yes we, yeah. we almost got that with ben affleck um joe i can never say his last name um sophia vergara's husband yeah Matt, yeah something like that yeah and um yeah, I could see a Deathstroke movie, definitely. Or I would like, yeah. I'd be one of the few that would line up to go see it, yeah. Yeah, usually when Batman takes him, he has to cheat a little bit because Deathstroke mm-hmm. is that good. Yeah, right. yes. Um, coming up, we have um, an animated movie. So there's a full feature Batman movie coming out um, based on the, the best-selling graphic novel, Hush. Um, I know you're not really familiar with the comic book Hush, but I it showed you the trailer. What did you think of the trailer? I loved the trailer. I, I just, I, I just started um, getting super anticipated. I want to know when this comes out. Do you, do you know? 
I believe it comes out in August as well. Okay. Um, I have no idea about Hush, um, who this character is. Um, I'd like to do some more research into it, but then again, I want to kind of be surprised if they do tell me about him. But um, aside from Nightwing, you have Catwoman, you have Poison Ivy in there, Commissioner Gordon. Um, you even see Joker and Harley Quinn in there. And um, I, I think um, Scarecrow might have made an appearance yes, in there. Yes, it does, yeah. Um, Hatter, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, Superman, you know. Um, you know, it's, uh, you see evil Superman in there. So I'm like, well, I thought it was at first when I saw Hush, I'm like, oh, well, this isn't about a character. This is about Joker turning, you know, Superman evil, which, I've, you know, I know that's also a comic book story, too. But I'm all in on this. Yeah, um, it's a wonderful, actually, graphic novel. I'll give you a little bit of synopsis is the it involves the whole universe of Batman, the villains and everything. And it it plays upon it seems like everybody's being played including the bad guys in fact even batman's being played to the point that batman's like he, this person knows who i am creepily knows who i am and so it's a whole risk it's a great mystery and as you're trying to solve the mystery all this great action's taking place and all <laughs> these characters are popping out of the woodwork that you're like i know that villain i know that villain i know the villain yeah so it's it's massively stroked and the it has one of the best endings. I think everybody would love the ending to this. Just, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those appreciative endings where you. I, I promise you, after you watch the end of Hush, you want to go back and watch it again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, definitely uh, looking forward to it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> right. there, I mean, it, and for all the Batman, you know, it's because of the anniversary. I mean, we're getting a Batman animated film, but we're getting a Joker movie, but no Batman like actual live action movie. Well, not necessarily because, uh, of course, we know Matt Reeves is directing the new one, simply called, I think it's The Batman, right? Uh, I think that's the working title right now. I don't know. He might change it. I don't know. The, but, yeah. the Batman. And mm-hmm. um, it came out a couple of weeks ago that Robert Patterson has been hired to play Bruce Wayne. Um, definitely, I would like to start with you. Um, another actor playing Batman. He's going to get a lot of blowback of a lot of, of people not happy uh, what do you think of Robert Patterson? Um, when I first heard this, I thought this was kind of a joke. Um, and then I saw it the next day that he was tapped to play Batman. I don't know if it's official yet. Um, I, I think he's like top in the running. But let's just okay. say, for argument's sake, that he is playing Batman. Um, you know, I, he w- wouldn't be my first choice. And the only thing I really know him from is Twilight. And that's not, I mean, I, I don't know if that's fair to just credit him just on that or just, you know, right. base my opinion off that. Um, I guess, like I say, I'm willing to give him a chance. Um, show me at least him in the costume. Show me, show me a picture of him in a Batman suit. Um, you know, show that me a trailer. A great, that's a great screen test, right? It, it, it usually the, is. Yeah. yeah. Put on the outfit. If nobody's laughing, then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah um i'm sure all the fans out there are saying twilight a vampire playing a bat huh that's so original um you know and I he's know, i didn't catch that yeah <laughs> somebody said that yeah. to me recently um but yeah he's he's not my first choice and i i you know i really don't even know if i have a first choice but um Heath Ledger was, you know, I'll always make this argument. Heath Ledger was in The Knight's Tale. He was in, um, like, very, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, movies I didn't even see. And that's all I knew him about for. And then I'm like, he's playing the Joker? I'm like, eh, I don't know. You see, and then you see a picture and then you see a trailer. You know, that that's what it's going to take to, you know, really, you know, win me over. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to go see it. 
Right. I, I definitely, um, in this day and age, you make a Batman movie, it's going to make money. No matter how awful it is or whatever, whatever you do, yeah. it's, go, it's just primarily going to make money. The thing is you want to make a, a really good movie and you want a really good hire. Um, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think you need somebody with a little bit of a name stay. Um, it's kind of a shock to me, Robert Pattinson. I said it's wrong. It's Pattinson. Um, yeah, it's not my first choice, and I was like a little surprised. You're right. At first, I thought, okay, somebody's making uh, some kind of fake news headline, and then I'm kind of convinced, um, okay, this is actually genuine. This is actually real. Let's let's go with this. Mm -hmm. um, you're right. I really don't know much about him other than some superficial movies that he's been in. Um, I don't think there's a lot of, and this is going to put myself in a corner, but it's not a great amount of range to do Batman, right? You, you, it, it's not. It, I mean, the villains are very out loud, extroverted. Yeah. Batman, you just have to stand, be quiet, and look good, right? And you have to do the voice. You or you have to do the voice. You know, it just um, yeah. yeah, like you, like you said, you have to be like this very um, weird billionaire playboy, yeah. um, which I could see him pulling off. I mean, just based on you know, just what he, what the guy looks like. But yeah, yeah. it. Give the whoever the costume designer is of this upcoming Batman has to knock it out of the park, and he has to look good in this bat suit. And I think that um, will make a believer at a lot of people. Um, ben Affleck was, you know, he's an a wasn't is an A lister, and you know, not a lot of people wanted to see him as Batman. I was like, same thing. It's like, okay, I like Ben Affleck. I don't know if I would have chose him as Batman. I think he's almost too obvious of a choice, but you know. <laughs> For what Batman v Superman is, he I think he did great. I think he knocked it out of the park, as a matter of fact. Um, I think this movie comes out, uh, what, 2021? Probably, yeah. I mean, if they're still doing casting, I don't think it's enough time to get um, get it done in 2020. They'll probably want a summer release, I would imagine. Yeah. So, I think, they're smart. What do you think is dc's best move right now do you think they should do this what marvel does or i'm kind of in the ballpark of just doing these single movies that stand alone the um the, the whole cinematic universe marvel while i'm not like their biggest fan i still respect what they do and i still like some of their movies yeah. i yes i saw endgame i've seen you know all the iron man's captain america movies but um D, the the warner brothers dceu tried it and it didn't work Okay, and you know what they've since then they've had Wonder Woman, they've had um, Aquaman, they've had Shazam, which have all seemed to be proven to be you know critically acclaimed and by the audience who seem to really like it. Um, I did not see Aquaman, I didn't see Shazam. I loved Wonder Woman, and um, you know I don't think I think Warner Brothers needs to stick to the standalone movies. I really do. Yeah. If you want to have like a little Easter egg in there, that's cool, but. That's that's what they do. I, I think it's better to do something like that. If you want to have sequels, okay. If you want to make your own Batman trilogy, that's great. You know, try to succeed at one before you try to set up another, though. Yeah, and I think DC kind of realizes, hey, we're doing really good in the animation department, not so much mm -hmm. Marvel, and Marvel's doing great in the full feature. And let's just keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I have to say this too that DC with their TV universe with their Arrowverse that I wish they could bring that to the movies but it, it there's so many characters so many different stories on there that they found a way to make that work so you know when they have a crisis on Infinite Earths this year I, I can't wait to see that and I'm just like man I wish Batman would appear in this or you know that'd be really cool but well, just throwing out there okay well we're almost close to the end here um, Brian anything coming up before with you um diaper change in the next five minutes um, <laughs> um 
I'm trying to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I do that to him, guys. Sometimes, you know, I, I just have to. I, I catch him off guard. Uh, but, all right. Let, let me say this that The Night Cave, I, I did record a couple episodes since we last talked. And um, it, it was more about Arrow. And um, I want to do, I want to get back to it. It's just about time, you're making time for it. And, um, like tonight, I realized that I can have time to record, you know, even if it is 30, 45 minutes of something, you know, yeah. whether it be video or whatever. But I really want to work back, get back now that Batman and James Bond are really coming back into the news. I think it's time for my hiatus to end. Um, you know, I, I like I said, Batman's always going to be there. James Bond's always going to be there. And um, particularly Batman. I think there's a lot of good Batman stories to talk about. So, or news stories anyway. So well, I wonder, uh, some way, somehow I'll make it back. Wonderful. I, I, I wish I had a time or, you know, I could tell you guys, but I really don't know yet, but it is the night cave. It's on YouTube and uh, yeah, definitely check it out or hit me up on social media at the night cave. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button. Um, before we go, <laughs> there are filming the new James Bond movie. I think what they got, just got suspended a little bit. Didn't Daniel Craig get hurt? He pulled a Tom Cruise and like broke his ankle or his foot, something like that. But um, okay. they're still going to be filming. But for his part, obviously, he had to get surgery for it. Yeah, break a leg, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we ha- do we have a? Ti- are they going with Her Majesty's Secret Service with the title? Uh, they haven't released the title. And when they made the announcement of who the cast and who the villain are going to be, they didn't release anything anything else but that. And it, to me, you would want to release the title for this, you know, when you're making that announcement with all your cast and crew. Yeah. But um, no, it's as of now, it's Bond 25. And, you know, it's scheduled for the beginning of next year. I think it's February, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, this is one of those Bond movies that I'm just like, all right, I'm ready for the next Bond, you know, for the next actor portrayal of Bond. Sure, so. this might be kind of a farewell kind of for Daniel Craig kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Longest running Bond, though. I mean, you know, wow. more than Roger Moore, if you can believe that. No, it's surprising. Wow. Well, yeah. when you get older, life speeds up a little bit. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, thanks for coming on, talking about Batman and a little bit of James Bond with me. I am always love to talk about that stuff with you. Always, yeah. Thank I'll you so much for having me on, man. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. Sorry. Right. And we're looking very much forward to the Night Cave. And yes, uh, Brian's right. You can find that on YouTube. And I'm looking forward to many more episodes. And you definitely got a one big sub- subscriber over here on our, our your, on our end over here. I so. appreciate it, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, thank you so much for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. And uh, I always love nerding out with you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and if you can do it in your best Batman voice, it's not over to the guest says it's over. <sighs> It's over. <laughs> right. Where are the drugs going? <laughs>